Welcome, I'm Ryan Hicks, and this is Modern Business, the podcast to learn from franchise business leaders and explore new business technology. Our community is about sharing knowledge and tools that help us achieve our goals in business and beyond. Thanks for being here, and welcome to Modern Business. Hey, welcome back to Modern Business Podcast. This is Ryan Hicks. I am joined today by my amazing sidekick co-host and actually probably in 2020 he hosted double the amount of podcasts that I hosted so I have a commitment to come to you guys much more uh, it was a really busy 2020 but really looking forward to to turning the page here and uh, opening up a new chapter into 2021 actually would probably like to frame that as opening up a whole new book uh, because of whatever we just went through in 2020. But a lot of really great opportunities for brands out there in 2021. And so today what Zach and I wanted to do is record a conversation of us discussing how we think that franchise brands can gain an edge in 2021. And if there's there's one word that comes to mind. Um, well, a lot of words come to mind, but if there's one word that comes to mind when reflecting back on 2020, and this came up over and over in podcasts that we hosted, also in the springboard at home events that we did. I think we did 14 or 15 of those uh, webinars where we're bringing multiple leaders in different industries on each week. And the, the resounding theme was that businesses had to pivot. And we actually joked over and over that this word is so overused, but it's the reality of what people had to do. People had to look at the market and look at these crazy closures and uncertainty and everything and had to, to quickly readjust the business model and take projects that were maybe in the hopper, oftentimes projects that weren't even on the radar and figure out how to launch a, a year-long, uh, typically a year-long research and development and vetting process into to days and weeks and months. And it was actually really incredible to see some of the things that brands pulled off. And so we, what, one of the things that we believe is that kind of the common theme that we saw is leaders focused in that time during that really rapid development, that rapid pivot process, and they, they would focus on on speed. And I think this is kind of a new mindset that is is evolving in terms of, of how brands look at speed to market on the innovation arm, right? So whenever you're looking at a new way to help your franchisees bring in customers on on the customer on the, the demand generation side of the house. There's really no need to to take time and make plans. You know, three weeks out to have a vote, and then six months later, maybe you have a pilot program going. It's just really about how quickly you can try new things and not plan to make plans and have a plan to go. Uh, <laughs> take this whole long process. And so it's it's really kind of a mindset of, of days and weeks and how do you innovate, almost like the lean startup model. If you, if you remember, build, measure, learn. I think that was Eric Ries that wrote that book and a lot of folks have read it, but you, you really wanna try new things that are aimed at solving problems. And so across some of these broad categories, what Zach and I wanted to do is break this down into to three major topics. The first being marketing and really demand generation, the second being franchise operations and employee advocacy, which is a huge opportunity, and the third being franchise development. We wanted to walk through these three topics and talk about different uh, technologies and different programs that you can try actual supplier companies that are experts in helping brands implement these things because they can make a huge difference on the business. So. Um, Mr. Zach Fishman, I guess I, I just went on a whole soliloquy there, but uh, first and foremost, say hello. And secondly, let's frame up the conversation and we'll jump straight into it. 
your your franchising's Atticus Finch. What can I say? I, I was uh, I was enjoying listening to you. So I it, it's you you made a lot of really good points. Uh, Happy New Year to everybody here. Uh, I know that uh, you've been listening to my voice quite a bit uh, in 2020. So hopefully you're not sick of it quite yet, and you're and you're willing to uh, to suffer uh, through 2021 with me. And uh, <laughs> really looking forward to bringing some great uh, content to you all once again. And yeah, I think that Ryan's Ryan's correct. I think that we had a lot of recurring themes. Um, over the course of 2021. And I think that those three categories really stuck out. Um, I think in particular for me, in terms of what I do in my day job, because I feel like I have six of them, but in one of my day jobs, I suppose, franchise development is, you know, was really the only way to even be remotely neutral, let alone positive. So I think that, you know, that's something that we'll talk about a little bit later in the, a little bit later in the podcast. But I think that, you know, these other categories, I've just been hearing it so much in a lot of our in a lot of our episodes that, you know, Ryan and I wanted to bring all three of them to YT Well. So really looking forward to having a discussion about it. Very well said, Mr. Fishman. <laughs> I like the analogy of franchising Attic franchising to Attic and Spinch. I actually am embarrassed to say I don't quite know exactly what that means, but I'll hope it's a good thing. <laughs> but anyways, so Zach, the first the first topic that I think we should address is on the marketing side of the house. And um, I'm reflecting back to kind of pre-pandemic before everything happened uh, in terms of of the virus spreading and the shutdowns happening. I remember we were at IFA and we met a group called Hound. That's H-O-W-N-D. And and so that's where I think we'll jump in and, and kick it off. And so Hound is a Hound is a supplier company that has a really unique business model in the sense that their focus is helping and they go across a broad range of categories. We'll talk about the categories that they service. They got their their start in really kind of the entertainment world in terms like groups like imagine like an urban air. And so they do a lot of business in that market. Um they they went to market through the, uh, I forget the name of the exact association, but through that association, it got some really good distribution. And, and their main, their main deal is from a business model sense is the actual retail locations, the establishments only pay for a, a new customer and it's a fixed price. It's a low, a very low fixed price, but they only pay for a new customer when the customer comes in the door. So you're not signing up, you know, for an approved, uh, an approved budget, if you will. But basically you only pay when a paying customer, not when a prospect comes in, but when a paying customer converts. And the way that they do that is through a, f- a few different means. So first and foremost, they put, uh, they put essentially a, uh, a little widget on your website. And so basically what that does is that helps convert web traffic into customers. And they have a really kind of nice algorithm for how, how they do that in terms of, uh, think, think almost like a, uh, it doesn't have to be a promotional offer, but, but by putting the right messages in front of folks through the website. But the main gig is what they do is they connect in through your email list. And they help you develop out content that converts really well. And they, they, they drive through email lists. They drive customers in the door. And so it's, uh, it's, it's a program that, that really is innovative because you don't have to go to your franchisees and, and go out of the brand fund and commit a certain amount of spend. And you're, you're basically only paying for performance when a paying customer comes in the door. So the business model there is really good. It's really timely in terms of 2021 because folks need to grow their customer base. But I'll just go ahead and pause there. So we just touched on the business model, kind of a, a big picture. But Zach, any, any feedback or thoughts on Helm? I think that, you know, from just kind of tying it back to what I'm hearing in a lot of the episodes that we've been doing. I think that, you know, programs like this, in my view, are really helpful because I think that a lot of people are really trying to break through the noise in the best way that they can. And, you know, there's a couple other things that we'll talk about that, you know, that help out with things like this. But I find that, you know, 
I, I find that, you know, on the one hand, being able to break through that noise in a creative way, um, in the way that Hound does it, for instance, is, you know, really helpful. But I think in addition to that, you know, I think that a lot of franchisors and franchisees, for that matter, at a unit level, were really struggling with the idea of paying for marketing that they don't really 100% know they're going to get something out of. I have this conversation every day in PR, and I think that it is... It is, you know, it is a very difficult thing in some senses, but, you know, the risk is the risk is typically worth the reward. Right. But I think that, you know, for franchisees in particular this year, they really had to watch their dollars. And I think that it's still going to happen even when the vaccine's coming this year. It's really it's helpful from a budgeting standpoint to really understand, you know, where the money is going to go and when you're going to spend it. Right. And I think that with something like Hound, where you're not paying for it until it converts either online or they walk through the doors, that's really helpful, right? Because I mean, you're you're really it, it helps your bottom line one and two. It, and it, it, I guess it helps your bottom line in more ways than one. So I think that something like that is super efficient, and it seems as if a lot of franchisors were were really looking for something like that based off of what I was hearing through a lot of the episodes we did across the many categories. Yeah, and they have a term for what they call this business model and it's basically results delivered you're only paying for an actual customer it's very predictable the price is fixed and it's set and you know exactly what you're going to get and that is you're going to pay x when it when a paying customer comes to the door and so it's it's a very attractive model to pursue i probably didn't do a really good job of eloquently putting the actual technology behind how they're converting, but it's basically a customer generation platform that is on a results delivered business model. It works really well in anything wellness, anything beauty. It's worked in restaurants. It's worked in home entertainment. So I think it, it, it works across a wide variety of sectors. It's not limited to one specific industry. And that's, that's one of the reasons one of the two reasons why we wanted to talk to you guys about it, number one, is the fact that it is wide across different industries. But number two, it's a really innovative model from a supplier standpoint. And they also, they, they invest, they, they understand franchising and they invest the time, energy and effort to, to actually go make the campaign successful because, because your success as the franchise brand is their success because they're, only getting paid if if customers come in the door. So so there's there's a very high level alignment, and that's a that's a good thing when that happens. So the second the second um, type of service that we want to chat about is loyalty. And so we've seen a lot, uh, we've been through a lot over this past year, and a, a good number of brands have a loyalty program already. Maybe it needs to be revamped, um, but if 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 you do not have a loyalty program and your business model fits a loyalty type layout, which pretty much every business model should have some form of, of loyalty, even if it's not a, a, a standard points for purchase type loyalty, if you think like punch cards at a restaurant, but it goes way beyond loyalty. It, it gets into how are you, how are you communicating with, customers and staying in front of them and that's through text messaging and through emails and or a mobile app to where people can be building loyalty points but also how are you incentivizing your current customers to help spread the word to recruit and refer new customers which is a huge huge opportunity for a lot of brands and and we're going to also in a second get into some employee advocacy components and how you can integrate an even deeper social strategy into that. Um, but Zach, add anything onto that and then let's tell some folks about Pollinate. Yeah, I, I, I think that when we get into it in a moment, I think that this kind of goes into the idea, as I, as I mentioned before, being innovative and using technology to try and cut through the negative noise, as I kind of described earlier. You know, selfishly, I will admit, you know, there are ways that, you know, we in in my current, in, in one of my day-to-day jobs, as I said, that you do that through, you know, the media and third party and third party validation. But I think that the other way to do it is to really, you know, get dig really deep and do it and, and get local with people and try to instill that trust and loyalty with them, you know, in, in a more of a local manner. And I think that, you know, 
what something like Pollinate, which Ryan will go through in a moment, is a really great way of doing that, of course, because you're really building rapport with them in such a one-on-one way that I think it just is a really efficient uh, it was a really efficient way for brands that did employ something like this in 2020 and will continue to be in 21. Yep, 100% agree. So as it relates to to Pollinate, it's basically a, a franchise-specific loyalty program. The, the parent company of Pollinate is a group called Franchise Payments Network. A lot of you guys have seen and heard and, and know Tom Epstein, but you've seen and heard him speak at conferences. You've seen them at franchise uh, events, sponsoring everything. They've been in the industry for uh, well over, I think it's well over a decade. And I think it's 13 years or so. And they service over 200 franchise brands. And so they have a lot of uh, franchise savvy, if you will, because that's their whole existence for being is serving the franchise space. And so what they did a couple of years back is in the past, they had basically a a, a solid loyalty program, but they realized that they needed to develop it from the ground up specifically for franchising. So they they have a a franchise specific loyalty platform called Pollinate and they can uh, customize and and build essentially the spec, a loyalty program for for brands in all different types of categories. But the bottom line is, is from an average ticket sales increase standpoint, they're increasing sales uh, from their loyalty program by 17%. They have a 50% lift in customer frequency. And at the end of the day, those are two things that matter a ton. And so whether you, whether you want a, a simple program without a, you know, a, a fully baked mobile app that connects a whole consumer facing experience or whether you want that whole experience, pollinates a program that can build build a loyalty program uh, that that fits your needs. And so um, it's it's definitely something that you're going to want to check out. Zach, any other comments on that? Yeah, I mean, I think that the idea that you're able to really, you know, get super local and do kind of hand-to-hand combat, combat so to speak, with, you know, these with these folks that are, you know, really putting out, putting forth their hard-earned money that they really had to conserve even more than ever this year, just due to what was going on in the world. And the way that the economy, you know, was going, I think that it's really important to be able to, you know, highlight those people that are truly giving back to your business and are are shopping and and buying local, even when you know they have to even be more meticulous about what they choose to spend money on than ever before. Yeah, and that goes into the last thing that I'll say on Pollinate and on on their rewards program is that. It, and this is something that I heard Tom talk about on a panel probably a couple of years ago, and I've seen it come to life for brands, and it's a really powerful thing. But he said, you know, when he was creating Pollinate, the, the entire platform, and creating the whole need for the brand of Pollinate as a separate brand, because the, the loyalty programs in the past were just kind of blanketed under franchise payments network. And the reason why he spun it out as its whole separate platform is because it is just that. But his main thesis was, how do we turn net promoters? And so everybody here knows the concept of net promoters. And in various forms, most brands have some sort of a program where you can get customer feedback and and understand what your net promoter score is. But how do you turn net promoters into real promoters? And by real promoters, kind of in the same way that we're talking about Hound, that means someone came in the door because of their activity. And that activity could be uh, a referral that they get credit from. It could be posting, uh, agreeing to share uh, the the loyalty program with their link via text to someone and also to social media. So that idea of net promoters to real promoters is a very, very powerful concept in terms of customer advocacy, people advocating for your business. And I think that a lot of people, like you just mentioned, Zach, a lot of people kind of in the pandemic have had the mindset of, hey, let's support the local business. Let's support our, our local mom and pop shops, our local franchisees, because they're being hit really hard by this pandemic. And what Pollinate does is it gives you an avenue to basically take take that 
thing that's already happening and give it a, a vehicle to thrive and to help to help you help your customers, your loyal customers, get you more people like them. And that's a very, very powerful thing. And if, if you don't have an engine whereby you can do that in your brand, you should certainly look at it and pollinate a great platform that can do that. So, um, Zach, do you have any other final comments on that? No, nothing at all. And I, and I think that, you know, I think that you may be a little humble on this, but I think that another way that people are really able to ensure that they're, you know, battling on the front lines, as I've been saying, and trying to get people excited, you know, it can be through a loyalty program, it could be through the media, it could be through being innovative with different types of technology through something like a hound with promotions, but it also could be, you know, through another form of organic, uh, of organic content. And that's obviously social, I think that you should talk a bit about Ralio and how they help because I think that it's really been a huge boon. Social media has been a source of darkness this year, but it has been a source of positivity as well. I mean, I said it, I said it best, uh, a, a friend of the podcast, uh, John Tezza, uh, every day from March 11th, all the way until New Year's Eve, he was basically doing numbers, unfiltered numbers for COVID. And I, and I joked with him on his post that he made on Facebook, because he said, he's like, guys, this is an hour a day, I can't do this anymore. Um, I, I, I appreciate all the support that, you know, he was my most talked about friend in 2020. And, you know, he, he thought I was joking, but I'm sincerely not. And I think that, you know, social media had such power to bring people together this year. So I think that, you know, within franchising and for business, it's been no different. So talk a bit about Ralio and how they've helped too. I think that you were being a little bit humble. Uh, so I think that it's important for you to talk about that as well. Absolutely. And before I talk about that, I will say that I read John's post, I think it was yesterday, when he announced he did kind of this big recap because he put so much time and energy into his posts. Like you've mentioned, so an hour a day, most of the time, trying to pull together all the data and the COVID numbers and everything. And when he announced that he wasn't doing that anymore, I saw everybody jumping in the comments, thanking him and saying, no, don't stop. And so uh, I think you're exactly right. But on, on the kind of, it, it ties into the perfect segue, Zach, and it ties into what we were just talking about, the concept of, turning net promoters into real promoters. And the, the other question begets is what other promoters do I have baked into my business that are active on social media and how can I leverage them for advocacy? And that avenue that you turn to could be your employees. And so the whole concept, and this is becoming more and more talked about, but the whole concept is, is how, do we, how do we turn our employees into promoters of our business, right? And so think about this from two angles. There, it could benefit your brand from a consumer standpoint in terms of letting the friends and family and all the rest, the, the, the social circle, the, the virtual uh, water bucket, if you will, of people that are connected with each of your employees. There's the consumer benefit for them advocating your brand on social media, but there's also a recruitment benefit for a lot of brands because if you think about a hairstylist or if you think about a, uh, a an esthetician at a, a lash concept or even if you think of home service brands the the technician that's actually coming in and providing the service guess who they know and guess who they're connected with socially and personally and professionally and that's other that's other people that are in the same type of business that they are. And so they have this kind of uh, a, a circle of influence, if you will, amongst their family and friends, but also colleagues that they've worked with in the past. And if you want to put your brand out there as a best place to work, for example, or you're trying to you know, differentiate yourself versus the next brand that's also a great brand, one way that you can do that it's almost like the like if you if you if you think of the name and the Ralio is the social platform and a program that I'm about to tell you is called Activate. But if you think about what great generals in in uh, like wartime would do, they would rally the troops, right? It's it's the whole fan, every every movie you've seen where they give this great speech and the night before they're like gloating with pride and all that. It's because you want to you want to rally your people behind a cause, and and your brand has a mission, and your brand has a cause, and you have built-in people that are essentially your troops that will 
that will advocate for your brand. And so through the pandemic, Rallyo historically is a, so, a, a social media management platform where you can publish content uh, at the franchisor level down to all the, the, the local franchisee pages so you can publish and monitor and manage both social content across all platforms, but also the reputation, manage your reputation. And then Rallyo has a whole local service where Rallyo helps franchisees actually manage their local content calendar and comments and all the whole strategy that goes in at the local level. And so that's historically the, the, the service offerings that Rallyo has brought to market. But through the pandemic, the team saw that there's a need to help basically go activate those employees. How do you get those employees to actually submit imagery for, for posting within the brand, but then also share brand approved content that's sitting there kind of in a bucket, if you will. And there's five pre-made posts that they can go click on and share. But the whole point of this program that was born out, out of the pandemic really, is how do you take that a step further and incentivize those employees to share the brand approved content. And that brand approved content could be a post that says, you know, basically shares why this is a really phenomenal place to work because they treat people right. And then it has a link to a job application or a link to a consumer facing offer. And so you're damn right that employees would share that if they had an easy way to do it and if they're incentivized. So why not offer up a gift card? You could offer up a, a $25 gift card if you if you hit X in terms of activity. You could do it uh, contest-driven to where there can be contests uh, for for employee amongst employees. There could be contests amongst locations. And so basically Activate is a program that doesn't require you to have this big, long implementation process. It doesn't even require you to uh, you know, remove or replace the current platform that you use to manage your social media. It's a standalone module that basically can communicate with employees via email and or text, and they can just go to this simple link and perform this simple action of sharing the brand approved content and they gain points. So it's almost like an internal, an internal rewards program for employees to share uh, brand approved content, and that's called uh, Rallyo Activate, which is a very powerful way to tap into something that most brands don't do, and that is employee advocacy. So, um, Zach, any thoughts on that? Hopefully, I wasn't way too long winded. No, not at all. I mean, I'm I'm happy that I had you talk about it because I think that folks, it's 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 so clear that there were so many ways that you really had to change the way that you were marketing to people, and I think that there was a lot of ways to do it, of course. But I think that we just kind of wanted to go through a couple of those just so you guys were aware of really what was out there. Um, simply just because you know Ryan and I were were being asked these questions by a lot of people. You know, we we like to think we know a lot of people, so I think that you know these are some of the requests that we've given to people just in terms of, you know, ideas that we have just to think outside of the box because you know, if if you didn't try to innovate and try to move forward and and you kind of just sat by the wayside, then you were going to get crushed, you know? So I think that it was important that you know, we were giving back to our friends and these were just some of the suggestions that we gave uh, in more closed conversations that we figured that you all would uh, would like to hear. So uh, I think with that, Ryan, I think we should probably move on to the employee advocacy side of things because there is a lot to go through there as well. Yeah, and and so for for the next, the next set of topics, so that was kind of the marketing track. Um, for the next set of topics, it's really kind of on the... The folk, let's go to a, a more hyper focus on the employee. And so from a morale perspective, from a turnover perspective, from a performance perspective, there's a couple of, of services that we want to tease to you to, to put them on your radar because they could be really, really powerful. And the first one I think we should talk about, Zach, is tap check because it's a, it's, it's no secret that from a, top down and a bottom up perspective, a lot of people are struggling as it relates to the economy. We just went through this whole congressional uh, back and forth about passing a, another relief program. And, and luckily we've got another round of PPP relief for business owners, but employees that work for these business owners are also struggling 
as it relates to making day-to-day, uh, you know, budgetary decisions and all the rest. And so TapCheck is a platform that can help you position your business as a sexy place to work because you provide access to funds on demand. So Zach, I'll let you break down. Just tell, tell the folks a little bit about TapCheck. Yeah, so I guess in, in, in short, folks, I think that you you may have heard of something like this before, but I would I say that overall, something like this really allows somebody who is a caregiver, somebody who is working in a fast casual in a fast casual restaurant, or somebody who you know is a server and they're really struggling and they want the ability to be able to, you know, they they put their they're putting their lives on the line, quite frankly, to be able to give back to other people, to bring them joy if they're going to go eat it somewhere, if they have the ability to do so, or to take care of their loved ones or whatever it may be. And, you know, at the end of the day, they want the flexibility just to be able to access, you know, the, their, their hard-earned money whenever they want, right? And I think that, you know, TapCheck really allows you to do that. And I think that this year, especially when, you know, money was tight and rent was tough to make. It, it, it was, it's something like this could really help um, to make you a really understandable, you know, brand to be able to allow your franchisees to have access to something like this, you know, just so they can at least implement it at their, at their local franchise location. Yeah. So in short, basically what TapCheck is, uh, the, the way that you would implement it is it's a program where it could go, it doesn't have to go through you as the franchisor, but basically you could offer this to your whole system or it can be a block of, of, of your locations. But basically the franchisee connects with the tap check team and the tap check team has a simple three-step process that the employees go through and it's completely free uh, to, to, then there's no cost to the brand. Um, there's no cost to the brand nor the franchise Z, the FZ, and there's no cost to the employee to sign up either. Um, basically, what the employee does is they go through the three-step process to basically verify, and these are all, uh, you know, financially uh, all approved through all the, the appropriate legal measures and, and privacy laws and all the rest. And so there's a whole body of, of, of um, research and, and all the rest that that shows that this is safe in the same way that you use mobile banking. It's, it's safer than the same way that you use Venmo. You basically go connect in your bank account and the, the employees have this simple process. And if they want to access their paycheck prior to payday, all they do is go into their app and they can go draw that money before. And there's just, I think the fees either $3.99 or $4.99. So it's a nominal fee for employees to be able to access their funds before payday. And it's a simple onboarding process and it's no cost to you as the brand, no cost to the franchisee or the employee to sign up. So that's basically the program. I think it's a, I think it's a system that's needed in, in terms of today's world because folks uh, across the country need access to their funds and, and typically, it's you know, unfortunately, it's for folks that need to get a few hundred bucks so they can go buy groceries. And so providing this could, could, could be a really good extra benefit for your employees. Mm-hmm. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. I, I think that, you know, in addition to that, um, there are a lot of other, you know, angles to the employee advocacy side of things. And I think that in addition to, you know, having access to something like, you know, the, your hard-earned money whenever you'd like, I think there's a lot of other ways that we... Um, saw this year that people were trying to think outside the box about in regards to, you know, when these employees are putting their lives on the lines, you know, just going to work every day, right? Because it is, you know, a really dangerous thing. And I think that there, there was, um, there, there was a lot of ways that people tried to find, you know, to get people excited. Um, but I think that one way, um, that that I really personally heard, which I had never really heard of before, but I suppose makes sense when it got explained to me was something like, you know, was something like an honor roll, you know, which I've recommended to many people this year, just based off of, because I thought it was such a great idea. And, you know, quite frankly, you know, what it is at its crux folks is that it's an employee, you know, appreciation technology, honestly, because it truly allows, you know, the employee to gain rewards for their hard work. And rather that is them showing up on time or, Rather, that is pushing a special LTO within the location or, 
Rather, that is, you know, maybe they're maybe, maybe they gave money to charity that you have uh, that you have sponsored at a local level or at a national level across the brand. They gain points for that, and that really allows them to actually gain access to things like Spotify and Apple and Apple TV Plus and Amazon Prime and all of these and more localized things, and it just incentivizes them to keep going. And what was such a challenging year? I personally believe that it really was a game changer for a lot of people because one, they actually want to go to work and two, they stay longer. And I think that, you know, with things like turnover, especially with what we went through in 2020, you know, people just decided, Hey, I'm just going to stay at home because I can make more money on unemployment than I can going in. And what, what, what do you have to do to get these people to get out of bed every day? And something like that was really beneficial. Uh, what do what do you think about that, Ryan? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And you hit all the main points, but I'll I'll also just quickly summarize kind of how this is implemented and who who exactly it's for. And so Honorroll is basically a employee rewards app. Kind of uh, we've talked about those themes a little bit in terms of social wise doing gift cards for sharing with the Activate program, but this is an employee's rewards app that is that. Is, is really driven to help boost productivity, to help uh, promote longevity in terms of decreasing turnover and, and to help increase morale. So this honor roll is really kind of built for the shift worker. And the whole concept, like Zach mentioned, is, hey, why don't we take things that we know these millennial workers uh, and, and sometimes younger, sometimes maybe a little bit older, but how do, how do we take Things like Netflix and Beats headphones and Spotify and hundreds of different types of rewards and incentives. There's a whole catalog and library. But how do we take things like that and give them to our people for incentives for doing things like showing up on time, doing things like upselling? And and you basically can set the measure. Zach mentioned mentioned a charity. If you have a program where people can donate the change or donate $3 or donate whatever to a charity, you can actually incentivize employees for telling that to the consumer. And so basically what it does is is it's integrated with the POS. They have integrations with a ton of POSs. And if they're not integrated with yours, they will go, they have a really great development team and they will go get integrated. But basically, so they have that POS data and then with that data, they can do all of the things that I just mentioned by basically allowing a points accumulation for the particular actions that you want to incentivize. And then all they do, and the, the beautiful thing about Honor Roll is there's no, there, there's no app that you have to have on your phone. There's really no kind of enrollment process other than you, when, whenever onboarding happens, you obviously need to be able to share the employee name and and uh, contact information to be able to uh, get them in the program. But from there, they just get a text message that says, hey, Zach, congratulations, great work, you're on a roll, you've showed up X and earned X points, right? And then you just get a text message whenever you earn, uh, whenever you earn an, an incentive or a reward, they click the link, they go to their, they go to the, to the, the dashboard and they select which reward that they want and they can get a free net Netflix subscription or get a free, whatever the incentive is based on the points that they hit. And so what on a roll will do is they'll consult with you in terms of identifying exactly the type of program you should implement. They'll make recommendations if you're not exactly quite sure. And it's all a flat fee. It's just basically a very small uh, per employee per month fee and everything's included. And so it's, it's a really powerful way to, to help keep morale up and to, to, to really incentivize people to perform. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And I think that, you know, in addition to that, um, in addition to actually incentivizing people to come into work, um, I think that that was really required, quite frankly, because there were so many changes that had to happen this year and keeping up with COVID protocols and, you know, having to as you kind of uh, as you kind of alluded to pivot, but I'm saying a little bit more bend and break over the course of 2020, and we're going to have to continue in 2021 with that too. 
Um, there just was a lot of training on the fly that had to be done that really made it, you know, so difficult to do correctly because one slip up and it could close your business for days or even weeks. And so I think that, you know, there is, there is, uh, you know, a group of folks that we came across relatively recently, Ryan, that I know, um, that we have just started to get to know, but I, I think that it's a really interesting time, um, to be looking into something like this, just honestly, just because there's been so many changes that employers have had to deal with uh, this year. So talk a bit about Upfront and, you know, what they're up to and, and why, you know, you and I were so impressed with what we heard. Absolutely. So Upfront is a group that, like you just mentioned, we met a little over a month ago. I was actually, I had dinner with uh, one of the gentlemen that's involved with the company and he's very highly respected within the franchise world. He was actually the founder of Massage Envy. And that's a brand, as everybody here knows, they, they grew to, I don't know what they're at today, between 12, 13, 1400 locations, something like that. But he really pioneered a business model. There was no membership-based uh, massage-type program that existed prior to Massage Envy coming around. So he, he pioneered that business model. And now, now there are multiple brands in the space that do very well, but he, he's a guy that, that really understood. He was a massage therapist to begin with, and he was kind of really uh, an operator at the end of the day. So it makes a ton of sense why he gravitated to, to this particular technology, which is a company called Upfront Networks. Their website is Upfront in, uh, let me let me go look at it upfrontworks.com and so basically the the reason why this came to be and what it does really quick in a nutshell is it came to be because one of the largest multi-unit operators of massage and i think it was actually the largest multi-unit operator was was the founder of upfront networks and one of his his operations gal and so they're they're basically their team they were area developers and they built out uh, a massive organization, I think with over 500 uh, uh, locations under them. And then one of the other gentlemen that joined them is also a multi-unit guy from different brands that has a ton of brands. And what they realized is there are a certain set of activities that frontline employees do that drive your KPIs. So a lot of people look at, you know, you look, you're digging into your marketing reporting and you're you're trying to figure out how you go boost the bottom line, gain new customers, all the rest. When in actuality, you don't have a marketing spend problem. You have a, a, a frontline employee problem because they're not converting at the register in terms of upselling the membership or whatever it may be. And so basically what, what, what Upfront does is they focus frontline teams on the actions that drive daily results. And so they kind of, they have a whole, they have a whole, uh, essentially virtually virtual coaching platform, if you will. And so what they do is they give your managers a very simple checklist and it's all in the form of a mobile app and it's all designed for, for, for basically feed two way feedback with the frontline employees. And so basically when an employee there, there are two opportunities that you have to, to and, and most brands have all of this in their training manual, but that's something that franchisees will go through once and there's really no, uh, you know, daily executional tracking mechanism to see if they're actually implementing what's in the operations manual. But this is kind of like a daily coacher and a daily reminder that also allows you to have feedback given. So if I'm the manager, and Stacy's the employee, and I see that Stacy does a phenomenal job with whatever it is. Maybe she treated a customer extremely well, or maybe whatever it may be. There's a whole checklist, and what what Upfront does is basically says they get into the business model. They are already operators, and they know how to execute. And they analyze and say, "Hey, here are the things that need to happen to drive success." And basically, you can give feedback to employees based on that and that's positive feedback, which is it can help build. It makes people feel good. Like this alone can also help reduce turnover because you're engaging with your people. 
or maybe you maybe you you start identifying that hey this person has a problem in these three areas but all the other 23 areas they're they're great in so let's celebrate the ways that they're great but let's give constructively identify what they need to work on and let's give them that feedback too and so upfront is basically a a frontline execution uh operational platform and i know operational platforms don't seem very sexy, but this is an extremely sexy thing because at the end of the day, it drives results. So one quick case study, and this is what got me on this platform beyond the fact that their team, number one, I hadn't seen anything like it, but number two, their team is really a, a, a phenomenal team of actual operators. But what, what really gets me with them is, is they had a case study where they, they took they took a franchisee that was down at the bottom of the performance list in the uh, list in the system in terms of and all the major KPI terms, and within 30 days they turned them around, and and they were in the top 50. And this is a brand that had a thousand plus locations. And so you took a bottom wow. performer on all trailing, you know, all major KPIs, and within 30 days they're in the top 50. And so that's the type of that's the type of uh, results that leveraging a platform like this can bring you. And then they're, they're from a business model perspective, it's, it's, just, it's just a small monthly fee. And by small, I mean, I think it's anywhere, it just think around the $100 a mark range. And so, you know, for being able to, to help reduce turnover and improve morale with the customer feedback or with, excuse me, with employee feedback, and all of those things plus help drive the KPIs with, with essentially a coach in your pocket is what I would call it because it basically coaches your managers on if you're like, even if you're, if you have an issue with one of the, the actions that one of your employees are, are taking, they even have scripts in the program. So the app will tell the manager what you need to be observing. And then also it'll give them a script to, to help them coach that employee and so it's almost like a, a hybrid of a bunch of things in terms of in terms of you know it's not a really a, an operational platform it's almost like a, a coach in your pocket type platform and a playbook that uh, is designed and aligned with your brand and designed with operators that really know how to perform well and drive the the kpis that matter so it's probably another very long-winded explanation, but I get pumped up about it because I think it can help brands in a tremendous way and help franchisees that aren't performing so well, help them creep that up, which is a really good thing. So, Yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think that, you know, you eloquently, you very eloquently put that, you know, this is basically like having, you know, a coach in their pocket. That's something that they said to us. It was kind of like having for, for all of you college football fans, kind of like having just Nick Saban, just like what, just like walking around your franchise location all the time, which I thought <laughs> was a funny, it was, it was a funny analogy to me, but I think it, it, it made me visualize it pretty well. So I think that, you know, that certainly I mean, dude, makes sense. Zach, that's a, that's a really phenomenal analogy because you're basically taking, these are the things that very successful, the, the top 1% of operators in your system, these are the things that they're doing. And essentially, it is the equivalent of having a Nick Saban walking around because it's the Nick Sabans within that organization that are proven to execute. And it's giving you a platform to help get the same type of activities happening on your front lines. And that's a very, very powerful thing. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and I think, you know, with that, folks, I think that we've uh, kind of exhausted all of all that we all that we could say about you know, employee advocacy. I'm sure that we have a lot more if we really sat down and thought about it. But of course, knowing Ryan and myself, we are completely doing this off the cuff. So we're trying our best here. Uh, <laughs> but, I, but, I, but I do want to move on to one last thing that is, of course, very near and dear to my heart. And it's really what I've spent, you know, a lot of time, you know, honing my skills in, I suppose. And it's something that, you know, was very important this year, right? It honestly was probably one of the only things that we could talk about that was even remotely, you know, neutral, let alone positive. And that was, of course, you know, growth of the brand, right? And franchise development. And I think that, you know, there's a couple ways that we can discuss this, but I think that, you know, one aspect uh, that I really found to be interesting uh, was that a lot of brands were, you know, turning off marketing. I didn't really 
understand why that was just based off of, you know, we know if we know one thing about franchising, everybody listening here, that is that franchising in times of crisis, you know, franchising typically does incredibly well. And the reason for that varies depending on what type of situation it is. But I think that this year, more than anything, it allowed people, it gave people an avenue to, you know, start anew on when things were going south or they may have unfortunately gotten laid off by a job. Um, it allowed them to kind of look at their life and look in the mirror and say, you know what, I, I want to do my own thing. You know, and I think that, you know, that avenue really was successful for a lot of the service brands that you guys have seen, you know, be, my, my fellow podcaster being one of them. And I think that, you know, in addition to that, brands really saw that they were able to diversify their portfolio and to really hedge their bets, so to speak, and going into something like, you know, specialty retail, like my friends from Batteries Plus or my iLab, instead of, you know, oversubscribing in something like food or like in the, like fitness or whatever it may be, it allowed them to kind of open their eyes a bit. And I think that, you know, one, one particular uh, person who I know has done a lot of work in this space and just trying to help spread the word and really be that engine uh, for franchise development are our friends from Prospect Direct, you know, and, and I think that what I've seen and, you know, the people that I've spoken to that that work with them and, and all of that great stuff. It's really given them a different avenue in terms of getting to not only those, you know, the, those, you know, people who want to really change their life for the better and want to be their own boss. But I think in addition to that, it's getting to those six figure individuals that people really have a that people spend hundreds of hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to get to every year in franchising. They just seem to have a lot of success doing that through the avenues that they use, like, like their, like their email and their LinkedIn and their, and their Facebook approach. I think that they just quite simply just have something that a lot of other people struggle to do. Ryan, what are your thoughts? I know that you guys use them at Safe from Spread. So what are your thoughts? Yeah. So my thoughts are that they're a phenomenal way to build out your, your franchise candidate pipeline. And so there's a, you know, there's a lot of flack that the, the portals get, right? So you're calling on leads that, that multiple other brands are calling on. And that, and that becomes a, a, a deal uh, that's really driven around how quick can we be the first that gets to them and wins them over and all the rest. And the numbers, I think I'm not the franchise development expert, um, but the numbers are, I think, you know, historically 1% of your leads that come in your franchise candidate leads that come in, well, 1% of those will close, I think are they're the typical type numbers. And so what Prospect Direct does that's a little, that's a lot different than most people is first of all, they're really kind of a technology, they have a technology driven machine that's focused on leveraging a, a massive data platform that can actually identify financially qualified people before you ever even communicate with them financially qualified people and whichever, imagine looking at a map of the U.S. and you circle the, the territories that you want to reach, or maybe you want to go after the whole United States, but you can target in on, you know, specific pockets of places that you want to, that, that you need to, to have franchisees operating in. And basically they, they take that data and, and they have a very proprietary email delivery system that helps not get put in the spam folders. And you can they can scale it up and basically uh, leverage the power of numbers and take a, a message that they create and craft. And I think like personally having worked with them in multiple capacities, um, what really one of their secret sauces beyond the data and the delivery system that they have through emails and through LinkedIn messaging and through, uh, you know, brand awareness type Facebook ads, like they, they kind of mix all of those three things as a secret sauce to how they're, how they're getting in front of and, and getting uh, interested candidates to respond. But it's also the copy that they go put together. So they kind of come in and consult with you and understand exactly the ideal ethos that you're looking for and the ideal skill set and background. And they'll go in and target those folks, put their message in front of the people. And so you as the franchise development division, what you would get is simply an email that says, hey, Ryan, I'm extremely interested. Can we set up a time to talk? That's a lead that's one-to-one -one developed specifically and only for your brand. And it's not like a lot of the other leads that you're buying online 
that someone goes to a website and says, Hey, I'm interested in franchising. And then now five brands contact them because the, the group sold that lead to five different people. And so you're just entering into to much more qualified conversations. And this is something that we use personally uh, at Safe from Spread. And it's been one of the secret sauces of how we've grown. And we're now in, in 61 territories in 13 states. And we launched the brand inside of a pandemic. And this was one of the big, one of the big reasons we we're able to be successful. And, and we, we took the same methodologies and the same types of ideas and all the rest. And on that brand, which is a commercial sanitization brand, and we applied that to B2B customer generation as well. And we've seen tremendous success. It's been one of the most successful things that we've done. And so this is a this is an avenue that you could can use to supercharge your franchise development in 2021. And the other thing is this is a company that's that works with lots of people that you probably know within franchising. And so they validate really well even amongst your peers in terms of uh, uh, other brands and respected leaders that they work with. So I think that's, uh, I think that's enough on prospect direct. Any final thoughts, Zach? No, not at all. And I, and, and I think that that's, I just kind of wanted folks to understand truly how it works. And, and luckily um, we have the number one person that they call to, um, to kind of stand on the soapbox, so to speak, and scream to the mountaintops uh, in you. So I figured that it, who better to say it than you? So um, I, I think that in closing, um, I, I know that there's a couple other things that we wanted to discuss on the franchise development side, Ryan. So I just wanted to yeah, let you. That's some PR, Jack. Let's talk PR because that's the other, that's the other avenue that we've leveraged to, to huge success in terms of PR. Um, but let's let's dive into that. I think we'll cap it at that because uh, I think we've kept folks long enough, even though the content is really good. But let's talk about PR and then we can move to close. I, I don't think anybody could ever say that you and I are, are humble, but I suppose today uh, we were. We picked that day today, which is today. I don't exactly know why we changed our tune after having our faces on the back of a, of, a, of, a, of an RV. But but here we are. But sure, um, I'm, I'm happy to talk about PR. I, I think that what it dials into folks this year for, for folks who do, who are listening that have uh, been fortunate enough to know my, or unfortunate enough to know my family for as, um, as long, uh, for a long time. Uh, I think that what we've always said is, is that, and I hit on it earlier, you know, franchising typically does well in things like a recession or, you know, something like a pandemic, I suppose. And I, I think that overall, there were some industries that did you know, incredibly well this year. And, and, you know, Ryan is part of one and there are many others. And I think that, you know, with PR, trying to tell that story without seeming like you're, you know, like you're, like you're selling snake oil, I think was a really important component. And quite frankly, franchise development PR in particular uh, was something um, that people really had as an avenue to speak neutrally, uh, to be able to get it out, get the word out through a third-party source to really validate, you know, what they were doing was protecting, you know, the people that they were employing. It was protecting the people that were using them as a place of business. And to be honest with you, it also kind of framed up as to why they, why a particular brand was considered to be a good investment, you know, despite what's going on in the world, right? And so I think that through PR and things like content marketing, that was a really effective way of doing that, right? You're you're taking the pen out of your hand and you're putting it in somebody else's. And I think that that is the number one way to ensure that marketing doesn't really feel like marketing. So in addition to, you know, what somebody like Ralio does on a consumer side or what PR could do on a consumer side, you know, it helped with franchise development too. It really helped to frame up the conversation a little bit and really instill some sort of confidence where people were, of course, as you, I'm sure all of you have seen on LinkedIn, uh, people were in fact able to still get deals done, folks. I think despite what you hear, um, this year was pretty good for some people, um, you know, even though 2020 wasn't a great year. So looking forward to a year where we don't necessarily have to deal with a pandemic ever again, and hopefully it'll just be a short couple months until the vaccine uh, is a little bit more widespread. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off because a couple of quick things. So most people listening to this will know. So the the comp the the specific company recommendations there, Fishman PR and also Franchise Elevator. So Fishman PR is obviously the company that everybody here has heard of, and I'm sure every most people have heard of Franchise Elevator. But I just want to give a quick personal testimonial. So 
we at Safe from Spread, we hired uh, Franchise Elevator to to be our PR firm. And I'm, I can't I can't yet announce exactly what I want to announce, but I will say that probably the one of the very biggest successes that we've had to date as a company, and that's that's also including some really great things like doing a national deal with the PGA Tour and with uh, various various different NBC Universal events, even even things like the Sunday night football games every single week. So there's been a lot of really great stuff happening in the company, but probably one of the most proud things that I that I will have to announce soon is coming up here in uh, in very short order. And that's because of what Franchise Elevator brought to us, which is really phenomenal. So Zach, really quick blurb on 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 Franchise Elevator and also Fishman PR directly, because you talked about it, but you also failed to mention the names. Um, but the, uh, so I want you to do that. Just draw the, the distinction between the two. But I'll also end it with another comment that, that I believe that a solid PR strategy, like if you look at the numbers, as Zach's mentioned multiple times, look at the numbers. Anytime that we fall into recession or the economy pulls back all the way back to the Gulf War to 2001, uh, with 9/11 to 2008, with the with the economic crash, and then now in this pandemic, the data shows that franchising does extremely well. And, and one of the best ways to pour fuel on that fire is, like Zach said, taking the pen and putting it into uh, to other people's hand and to build that kind of trust, that confidence, and really the narrative. And so, one of the best ways that you can do that is through a really sound PR strategy. And and also one that 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 doesn't break the bank, and so that's been a very powerful tool for us. And I think it's a powerful tool and something that, if you're not investing in franchise development PR, you absolutely should, because I think we're going to see a really really big year in terms of of numbers as it as it relates to uh, folks going into business for themselves and investing in themselves and and wanting to have their own path to, to financial freedom. I think it's going to be a massive year of success stories in the franchise world and PRs is one of the best ways that you can help ignite that. So um, in closing, Zach, I'll let you quickly, if you want to address elevator versus Fishman PR, and then we can move to close. Happy to. Uh, I, and, and thank you, Ryan. I appreciate it. I try not to, I try not to kind of be pushy with it, but Hey, at the end of the day, you know, I, I suppose my last name is the same as one of them. So I suppose people may figure it out, but may, if they don't, um, I think that, you know, the big difference between the two of them is that, you know, franchise elevator first and foremost was really born out of the idea of springboard, you know, which I'm sure you guys have, a lot of folks have heard us talk about springboard before, which is the, you know, the, the, uh, brainchild of both my father and of Lane Fisher uh, from Fisher Zucker. And I think that, we kind of realized that, quite frankly, a lot of brands that were at the beginning of their franchise journey just honestly didn't need all of the things that Fishman PR had, or they weren't really looking to have, you know, that robust of an approach. They had a very set, narrow goal for something that they were looking for. They wanted to grow. They wanted to grow brand awareness in a couple of different markets, and they really wanted to focus on that each and every day. Or they wanted to grow in maybe twelve states as opposed to fifty. And I think that it. You know, that really allowed us to provide them with an avenue uh, to use PR, which obviously we fundamentally believe in. Um, but it really allowed them to take advantage of, you know, the, the amazing things that PR can do for a brand, even if they were a little bit earlier in their franchise journey and couldn't quite, you know, um, manage to fork over quite as much uh, cash to do that. Right. And so that's really why Franchise Elevator exists. And you know, for and Fishman being around for about 30 years now, it's it's mainly, you know, hung its hat on, you know, franchise development, consumer PR, influencer relations, and then of course content marketing as well. And you know, that includes many other aspects of what we do, ranging from, you know, blogging to doing white papers and ebooks to doing monthly newsletters, uh, and everything in between that, you know, our wonderful content team has you know, has, has kind of dug up that we can do this year. Cause of course, as I mentioned, we had to get pretty creative. So, you know, overall, um, you know, brands just have the ability to be able to have access to all of those things, you know, a local public relations program, which we work very, very closely with Rallyo, um, on, for instance, is something that a lot of franchisees take advantage of. So we really try to help people at the franchise or and franchisee level, just to get the word out there for whatever they're looking to do that for.
So that's a bit about us in as succinct, in as succinct of a manner as I possibly can, which I know is not easy for me, but I try my best. <laughs> yeah, and as I'm looking at our time that we've been on the phone, uh, we, uh, we've been on quite a while. Hopefully we were on for 30 minutes prior to kicking this off, but this has been a kind of a deep dive. Uh, Zach and I showed up with a few bullet points, but did this kind of off the cuff because what we wanted to do is we wanted to talk about different ways that you can spur growth in 2021 and really kind of pandemic uh, friendly supplier ideas that you should look at implementing. And so we just ran through eight of them. I can guarantee you we have a lot more, um, but Zach and I are kind of nerds for this and we love doing it. So we wanted to just record a chat for you guys and, and go through it. And I hope some of this was helpful. And if you want to connect with any of these companies that we mentioned, Zach and I know all of these folks personally, and we know a lot more. I mean, there's, there are, I don't know the, the exact number, but probably between 65 and 100 uh, organizations that sponsor uh, the different events that Zach and I are, are big advocates of, and we're connected with a lot of them. So if you want ideas in terms of, of other supplier technologies that you should look at, Zach and I love to mix on this stuff. Or if you want to connect with one of the companies that we mentioned, we're happy to do so. So Zach, I'll give the final word to you, but it's been, it's been fun. And thank you guys for listening. Absolutely. And it's been really great guys. And, you know, I, I think that we, we, we've kind of thought that this would be nice just for you guys to hear what we were saying in private conversations and to make it public. And so we appreciate you guys listening. And of course, let us know if there's anybody that we can, you know, connect you with one and two, if there's any ideas that you want to bounce off of us, uh, we're more than happy to uh, give our um, best recommendation. And if we don't know the answer, I can assure you that we know somebody that does. So we really appreciate the time, folks, and uh, looking forward to bringing you more awesome content for the rest of the year. Thanks, guys. Uh, we'll put our email addresses and contact information in the show notes. And thank you very much for listening, as always. And cheers. Cheers, everybody. Cheers.